Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Good morning, Hill City. Good to see you on this beautiful fall day. If you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. We'll read verses 1 and 2 this morning. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. And just before I go on, it is, it is a privilege, it's an honor, and it is a, it is a great uh, responsibility that I'm, that's never lost on me to open up the word of God and be able to present and teach uh, from his word. Um, Yeah, I'm just honored to do it every time I get to do it here. Um, So November 2018, I have a friend. He's not here today. He listens online most of the time. He's a lunatic. And and the reason I know this is because he asked me uh, to run a half marathon. This was November of 2018. He wanted me, hey, let's run a marathon. It was for a good cause uh, here, here locally. I was like, all right, when is it? He's like, April. Early April, I'm like, great, I love the spring, that'll be perfect, I love it. All right, I'll do it. And, and so I committed. So I come home, I tell Jenny, hey, babe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a half marathon. And she gave me the look, you know what I mean? Like, all right. Like, like she didn't believe me. But whatever, we moved on. No big deal. Well, not, not a whole lot happened, and then all of a sudden it was right around Valentine's Day. So, so, so that's February, fellas, write that down. And my wife so lovingly was like, hey, have you been training for this marathon you told me you're going to run? And I'm like, no. And she's like, it's February. I'm like, I know. She's like, you probably ought to start. So I'm like, oh, okay. I probably should because you're supposed to build up mileage, okay? So it was like February. I'm like, okay, I should start this. And and then so right around the first week of March, I started. (laughs) And... I was like, okay, I got, I got to like two miles. This is good. I'm a runner. I can get two miles. Well, you're supposed to get way more than two miles. So I was like, well, I already committed, so here we go. And April 7th rolls up. Now, it wasn't just any April 7th. If you remember April 7th, 2019, there was ice and snow on the ground. And I was going to run this half marathon. And which I did not train properly for. In case you guys are wondering, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to start running months and months and months in advance. And I almost died. You need to know that I almost died. But I will tell you, I never walked one time. That was my only goal. I was like, I didn't train enough to beat a time. I'm like, can I do this and just not walk? And I did. And listen, it was one of the most horrible experiences of my whole life. Okay. Um, and I know we have some runners in here. Congratulations, you are also a lunatic. And I can't imagine 
I, I was visiting some city groups, a city group Wednesday night. There's a girl that's getting ready to run a, a marathon. Like, she's going to do what I did two times in a row. And I'm, I'm like, listen, you're crazy. You need to know this. You're crazy. And I think runners kind of know they're crazy and they like it. I'm not a runner. Anyway, it takes us to our passage today as, as the preacher, the Hebrews sermon talks about a race. And, and this, is a familiar, this is a familiar passage, but listen, here's what my prayer has been. This, this, is a, this is a coffee cup verse, is it not? Everybody's heard this. This is one that goes good on a coffee cup. And my prayer is that this isn't just a Bible verse that, that is written on one of your coffee cups, but by the end of this, it's a Bible verse that's written on your heart and that the Lord will use it the, the way he, he wants to use this today. So by way of review, let's go all the way back to the beginning. If you guys remember, if you've been with us, there were three things that we wanted as we built this series out that we wanted you to walk away with. And we're coming down the home stretch of Hebrews here. And here's what, we, here's what we wanted for Hill City. We wanted when this series is over that the people of Hill City would believe that Jesus is better than what? Than everything. He is superior to everything. I hope you've been on this journey and you've been seeing that. And in that belief, number two, is we wanted you in your hearts to believe that he is worth it. Worth what? He's worth it all. Like stay the course, Jesus is worth it. And then we wanted you to believe those first two things so fully that you can't help but just go out and tell people. You remember that? This is what we wanted out of the book of Hebrews. And then in the beginning we were talking about, hey, when we're, when we're doing any book of the Bible, we need to know what was going on in their town. What the writer of this book was wanting them to know. And then once we know that, then we can come over to our town and know what God wants for us from his word. And we're going to get very practical. We're going to very, very applicable today. If you remember two weeks ago, Dr. Moore, Royce Moore, talked about faith. He introduced, okay, what is this faith? And he talked about seeing God with our hearts. And he talked about using a holy imagination. And that there was this sort of mysterious way that we could see God through our heart, through a true heart. And then Nelson last week, he, he, he got into then some examples of faith. And he gave us a lot of examples from the Old Testament, which remember in their town, that would have really hit home. These were like their heroes. These were the people that they knew all their stories. They knew their history. And there was this sort of list that Aaron talked about last week. These people that had faith. And I want you to know that this is way more than just a list of people. You're going to see that later on today. And that really this list has everything to do with Jesus. And then Aaron challenged us. He said, Hill City, can we be people whose lives are marked by faith? That's what we, we want to be. So we dive into our, our, our passage today. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... And we see this, I want us to think less about like being in a stadium of people watching us and think like, like a court where we have people who can give testimony to the faithfulness of God. That's what, that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about, about here more than just somebody cheering you on. This is more, hey, these are people who are able to give witness of a life of faithfulness and the way God has been faithful and that God is going to come through. There have been plenty of people go before us who have done this, and we can too. 
So therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight. Now listen, before I get to weight and sin and all that, let's talk about us. The preacher, the Hebrew preacher is saying, let us. So I've got to ask, can you right now list your us? Who is your us? Who is your people? So this is, listen, look around you, look around in this room. This is part of it. There's a corporate gathering of us. And we need to do the things that are coming here in this, these first two verses of chapter 12. So there is a corporate. But listen, some of you are in city groups, right? So we've, we shrink it down. Now we're into just a little, bit, it's, it's a little bit smaller group. And that's your people. And some of you don't have that. And we are ready and able to give you that. Daddy Mac, he's going to be down here to pray afterwards. He'll be down here to meet and greet. If you need a city group, you need a smaller group of people that you want to jump in, that you can have your us, come talk to us. Maybe it's your ministry team. Who are you doing ministry with? That could be your us. We have a lot of families here right now. So as we read through and we see what, what we're going to be challenged to do in the first two verses of chapter 12, now could, could husband and wife get together? Could husband and wife and kids get together and say, okay, what does this look like for us? Identify your us, and now we move. What is it that we should do? Let us lay aside every weight. That word lay aside means to put off. To put off. We've seen that phrase put off. We look in the Pauline writings and we see that. But let's go practical, practical here. What are the weights? Let's lay aside every weight. What are the weights? And here it is. Let's get evaluative here, okay? It's anything that hinders our pursuit of Jesus. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about weight. So don't ask, is this wrong? That's an incorrect question. So I don't want you to start there. Is this thing wrong? I want you to ask, does this help me run to Jesus? Does this strengthen me? Does this make me more selfish? Does it make me less selfish? Does this grow my love for Jesus? Those are the questions that I want us to ask ourselves this morning. And you need to know as you're, as you're evaluating this, because I'm going to give you some examples here in a minute. What things that could be a weight for one person may not be the weight for another person. This isn't cookie cutter. We, we got to go to God for this. So just throw some possible examples. There, there are some activities that some of you need to lay aside. They're not sinful. They just don't help you run to Jesus. Some thoughts that you got to quit thinking. And they may not be sinful, they just don't help you run to Jesus. Well, how do I know? How do I know? Listen, you got to go to God. We're going to do it. We're going to practically do this here. But you got to go to God and allow him to speak to you. But also, you need to go to your closest community. That's why we, that's why we started with the us. You can go to your closest community and talk through, hey, is this a weight for me? Is this something you, you think that I should lay aside? And your close community, the people that love you the most, if they say, yeah, I think it is, you should listen. 
just want to hit four that I think are really hit home at Hill City of some weights that we need to lay aside. One weight, past failures. And I'm not talking about sin, okay? We're humans. We fail at things. Do you know this? That's just part of it. And some of you will not, some of you are not, some of you are not running the race that God would have you run because you are still thinking about a past failure. And, and, and some of that is actually sin that you've already confessed, you know has been forgiven, you've confessed, you've repented, and you're still dwelling on it. You've got to lay that aside. Some of you, it's just failures in part of life, right? You, 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 you went after something, and it didn't happen. It doesn't make you a sinner. It doesn't make you a bad person. You just failed at that, and you need to lay that aside. Because you're not running the race that God would have you run. So what's a past failure that you need to lay aside? Evaluate that. Number two, how about past successes? Some of you are like, I've been there, I've done it, I crushed it. And you're not, you're not running the race that God would have you run because you're still stuck on a past success. I mentioned this again, but let me just go a little bit further. Some of you, it's an attitude. It could be that you have an ungrateful attitude. It could be you just have a bad attitude. Here's one that's really big in our church right now is the attitude of comparison. See, we compare ourselves to other people, whether it's other moms who throw better, bigger and better birthday parties. Maybe it's other people who have a relationship that we don't have. But there's this attitude of comparison that you need to lay aside because it's a weight and it doesn't help. And I just want to talk to you. This is where the Lord is really working on me. So it's just an attitude that, that just isn't joyful. Like, we're the people of God. Joy should mark our lives. Joy-filled followers of Jesus. The Lord is working on me here. Because more often than not, I choose. I choose a bad attitude. And I'm praying. I'm praying this for myself. I'm praying this for my family. For generations of my family. I want the Lotzes to be marked by joy-filled followers of Jesus. That's what, that's what I want to define us. Can the Lotzes become joy-filled followers of Jesus? Let me help you out with something that helped me out. We're the people of God, so here's a mentality. Here's, here's an attitude fixer. You ready? The things that happen to us in life, situations that we are in, for the people of God, they actually don't happen to us. They happen for us. So listen, whatever is going on right now, if your mentality was, you know what, God? This is happening for me. I can't put my finger on why, but I know that you're my king and that this is happening for me. I'm telling you, if we'll switch that, our, atti our attitudes will change. And it's a weight that we can lay 
aside. Let me end with this one right here on a weight that could possibly be a weight that you need to lay aside. And maybe it isn't sin, and this is going to be a challenging one, okay? Some of you need to lay aside some relationships. And I'm not saying it's a relationship where it's sin. I'm just saying there's a relationship that isn't helping you run to Jesus. And you need to lay it aside because it's a weight. And the writer of Hebrews is, is pretty clear when he says, let us lay aside every weight. So here's what we're going to do. This is weird, unique, whatever. Here, here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to pause. I'm going to walk off the stage. I, the elders of this church, we want to we become a more praying church. We are just going to spend some time praying. And you need to ask God. Some, some, sometimes you have not because you ask out the Bible tells us. And it's like, man, I don't know what weights I should lay aside. I don't have clarity where this should. Listen, we're going to ask God right now, Lord, what are the weights that you would have me lay aside? Give me wisdom. If you've been with us, we've already talked about the ability to go boldly before the throne with confidence, knowing that God the Father hears us. I hope that you were able to approach him in that moment, understanding the truth that you could do that boldly. If you're wondering, that was just shy of two minutes in a time of prayer. So the writer of Hebrews, he doesn't just say, let's lay aside every weight. It says, and sin which clings so closely to us. We are to lay aside every weight and sin.
See, sin is this thing in our lives that will kill us. And we need to start seeing it like that. The truth about sin is, is listen, if you evaluate your life, and all of us can do this, all of us have sins that we can look at it, and we can conclude that no sin that has ever been committed by you or by me has left us happier, freer, more fulfilled, zero. No sin, because sin can't do that. And the thing about sin that we see here is it's really easy to pick up, but it's hard to let go of. It talks about they, they cling so closely to us. They cling so closely to us. Anybody ever felt like that? That word clings so closely, it's, it's, it's talking about, it's, it's sappy in nature. Like, like a spider web sticks to you. You guys have been through the woods, right? You walk through the woods and you don't even see the spider web. It gets on you. You want to see, see me freak out, right? Just walk with me through the woods and let a spider web hit my face, okay? I'm swinging at things that aren't even there. Listen, that, that, that's the nature of sin. It just clings to you. So, so we've got to lay it aside, but how do we do this? How do we kill sin? Now historically this is, this is a cast in a pessimistic light. Killing sin like it's, it, it, and, and what happens is in this conversation pessimism and legalism prevail when we start talking about killing sin. So how do we kill sin? Let me posture it this way, okay, and please allow this to encourage you, okay. If you are following Jesus, listen, I'm about to preach some truth here. If you are following Jesus, sin used to own you. So let's start there. Sin used to own you. But once you follow Jesus, sin now has no claim on your life. Those who have died in Christ, sin has no claim on your life. This means that you and I who are following Jesus, we have been made free. This is a big deal. Hill City Church, you owe sin nothing. Write it down. You owe sin nothing. You don't owe it any attention. You owe it no time. You owe it no energy. You owe sin nothing because it used to own you, but now you have a different master. And that's where we need to start if we're going to lay aside every sin. That's where we have to start. That's where our hearts need to be. Let us wrap our minds around this. If you want to do further wrap your mind around it, go home and read Romans chapter 7 all day. We have to start right there. Or we'll never be able to lay aside sin. We'll never be able to kill sin if we don't understand to. So then, okay, Brad, that's great, but what do I do? How do I kill sin? How do I lay aside sin? What I just told you, preach that to yourself every single day. Just preach that sermon to yourself every single day, number one. Number two, I want you to learn and, and I want you to, to build within yourselves a hatred for sin. A hatred for sin. I did not say a hatred for yourself who sins. A hatred for sin, your sin. Learn to hate it. And hate it bad enough that you want to kill it. And here's the reality, guys. We don't kill our friends, do we? 
We won't kill our friends. We kill enemies. We kill the thing that's going to kill us. So what we have to do is learn to hate sin. And if you learn to hate sin, guess what? Sin won't become your friend. And some of us have some friends that we need to get rid of. You know what I'm saying? Friends of sin. Number three, run from it as fast as you can. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 13, make no provisions for it. Run from sin as fast as you can. Here's a big one. This goes back to the us. This is our fourth one. You ready? You want to know how you can kill sin? One of the best ways? Confess it to death. Confess it to death. First John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. Who's faithful? He's faithful. Let's confess our sins. But then James says, not just, we, we, we don't just confess it to God, we confess our sins to one another. Who's your us? Confess sins to one another. Over and over again, let's confess it to death. Do not become legalistic. In other words, all these examples I just gave you, one through four, you got to do these by faith. The theme is that I'm going to do all these things in faith because apart from faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you do all these things thinking you're awesome and that it's you doing it, you're, you're just wasting your time. There's no, there's no place for that. I don't want you to do these things with the pharisaical attitude. You know what I'm saying? Okay? And now here's our last one, very practical. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. I'm going to walk off stage again. But this time we're going to pray about the sin that we need to lay aside. The sin that we need to put off. We prayed about the weights. Now let's... Let's start in this moment. Let's confess some things to death with confidence to draw near to the throne. So we prayed, we went to our Father, we said, Lord, help us understand, we, got, we, we, need, we need to lay aside weight, we need to lay aside sin, we need to confess some sin, and we went to God, and we've, we've prayed about this, we've talked about this, and hear me, listen, what we just did with this laying aside, which would be a constant practice, 
we don't do that in order to sit down. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so clo- with clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We now run a race. We're in a race. We're running. People of God, we're running. And if there's anything you need to get today, you need to understand this. This is not a sprint. This is not a sprint. This is the long game. And our human nature is that we overestimate what we can accomplish in the short term, but we underestimate what we can accomplish in the long term. Are you with me? It's like, man, I think I can get th- this. Is why, listen, in January, you're all gonna, a bunch of people are going to go on diets because they think they can change their lives in three months and then it's over. By April, they're done. But what if you changed your lifestyle and you did this for 10 years, 11 years, 12 years? You're a, du- you're a different person. That's, that, that's the kind of race that we're in here. And, and listen, when we talk about this race and we're talking about faithfulness, this is a long game. Anyone at any time can take a little swath of your race and be like, see, they're not very faithful. Couldn't they? Hey, go take the little swath of Brad's life when he was 20 and 21 right around Halloween. I'd cringe. It's a long game. What are they going to say about you when you're 65? You've got to run this race that is set before us, not, not a race that's behind us. My, my boys play football, right? It's trying to teach you. Watch all these little kids play football, and they'll break out in the open. And if they would just run and keep their eyes forward and go forward, that no one would catch them. It would be a touchdown. But you know what little kids do? They run. They're like, they look back. And every time they get caught. Listen, the writer of Hebrews says we've got to race before us. Go back to the weight of past failures and past successes. Let's run the race that is in front of us. What is this race? It's this pursuit of Jesus. It's, it's this race that we're in that builds his kingdom. It's this race. It's, this, it's the race where we're pushing back the gates of hell, of, of hell. This is the race we're in for God, for his kingdom. And listen, for some of you today, this is your first like formal invitation into the race. Jump in the race. Follow Jesus. Join us pushing back the gates of hell. Join us in building God's kingdom. For others in this room, you've experienced this race before, but somewhere along the way, you've wavered a little bit. And I just want to invite you, it's time to run again. Some of you are tired. It's like I've been running and I don't want to say I know. But come back, you got to get back into the race. Well, how do we do that? The writer of Hebrews knew that the, that the hearers of this were like, man, we're tired. We don't think we can continue. We don't want to keep going. He's like, no, run the race. Well, how do we do that? Verse 2 tells us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Quite literally, if you read this, it would really quite literally read like this, looking away to Jesus. We're going to look away from any of those weights that hold us back. We're going to look away from any of the sin that clings so closely. We're going to look to Jesus. And we don't run a race like this. Yeah, we might be thinking we're moving toward Jesus, but we're looking here, and eventually we'll start going where we're looking. 
Look away from that. Look to Jesus. Pay attention to what you are paying attention to. And it goes on to say that Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. This is the greatest news you're ever going to hear in your life. That little sentence is the greatest news you're ever going to hear in your life. Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is our pioneer. Jesus is never going to ask us to do something that he himself wasn't willing to do when he was a human. When he was a man on earth, he did it first. And he's not going to ask us to do something that he didn't do. But, but, but even deeper than that. That we are here and that we have faith is a miracle. You have faith because Jesus founded that faith. Jesus did this. Your faith is the work of Christ. And because it's the work of Christ, because Jesus is the founder of it, it's Jesus who will also sustain it. This is the greatest news you're ever going to hear in your life. Some of you are bearing that way. You think it's on you. It's not on you. This is on Jesus. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. That's why in the Bible Jesus says he will never leave you or forsake you. But we have to understand how then does Jesus sustain our faith. He gives us trials. Go back to Hebrews 11 last week. All that list of people. All that list. That Aaron talked about. The list of the faithful. It was, it was actually put in a certain chronological order. The writer of Hebrews did not do that on an accident. And it culminates here with Jesus. So you have this list in order. Hey, the faithful. They were faithful. They stayed the course. They were faithful. And then it culminates with Jesus. It's like, hey, he actually pioneered this and he's the first one that did it perfectly. And that's our only hope. Jesus is our example. This is why we can go back to Hebrews chapter 1 and 2, or chapter 1, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2 talks about this. Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. And let's finish with this. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So here's what happened. Jesus came to this earth, and he lived a perfect life faithful life and then before him was the cross and he knew what the cross was he knew what was in front of him and he actually had a way out and he looks to the cross and he sees his way out and then he sees us and then he looks to the cross and he sees his way out and he sees us and he looks to the cross way out us and he goes I'm going there was a joy that was set before him. That is what Jesus thought of you and me. It's the greatest example of love we would ever know. And he didn't just do that, he rose from the grave and he is on his throne. We cannot forget this. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf right now. Hill City Church, keep the faith. Some of you are losing faith right now. You're in a season. You're losing faith in what God has called you to. Here's your challenge. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Some of you, there's so much distance right now between you and your spouse. You're like, there's no way we can ever make up this distance between the two of us. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Some of you, we've got some college students here right now. I know what's going on right now. This faith thing's getting boring. It's like, man, we're just kind of set. Yes, the college life is calling you. Look to Jesus the founder and perfecter of your faith. Some of you are lonely. You want a boyfriend, you want a girlfriend, you want a spouse so badly. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith. He has you in this season for a reason. Some of you have lost jobs and you're sitting here wondering, is God even good? How could this happen to me? This was my dream. This is my life. What am I supposed to do now? Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. May we believe this truth by faith. May the Lord use this to grow our faith Let's pray.